You're listening to the Hunting Roots Podcast brought to you by Onyx Hunt and our good friends at Mossy Oak because everything's better in Bottomland. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Hunting Roots Podcast. I'm your host, Brody Swisher, and today we're talking all about coyotes. I got up this last week for a coyote run with my boy Rimbo, and man, we had a jam up coyote hunt. It was a killer deal, man. One of the best I've been on in a long time, if not ever. I mean, we had four coyotes come to the call in the matter of, I don't know, five to seven minutes or so. So I got bit by the bug. If you haven't watched that hunt, go back and look at it. We just posted it the other day on YouTube. Check it out at Hunting Roots on the YouTube channel. Uh, good stuff there. We managed to kill one out of four. Now, Remy was on the gun, and he had the little AR-223, and he just, it was all too close. Honestly, it was too close. We needed a shotgun. Uh, the first one comes in, and he uh, had his scope dialed up. I shouldn't say he. I, I dialed the scope up for him just to uh, anticipate longer-range shots out in the open. Uh, coming in out front, and we got backdoored by uh, a number of coyotes. The first one come off our right shoulder, charging hard. He just couldn't get on it. So when the coyote went to leave, after I barked and stopped him, he goes to leave and um, just couldn't get on him. So I grabbed the gun and shoot the coyote out the back door once we got him stopped back there in the timber. He kept hanging around, just kept lingering around. He was curious. They were hungry. That was that single-digit days and just bad, bad cold uh, snow on the ground. So they were hungry. But uh, watch the video. Several more coyotes come. It was just a cluster, just chaotic, not uh, my finest hour on running a camera. Uh, but trying to get my boy on the coyote, and he got a shot off it, uh, when we had two more come. But, I mean, it was, it was wild. Four coyotes in the span of five to seven minutes. And uh, the first one came in, in 90 seconds. It was quick, fast action, so be sure to check that out on YouTube. Good stuff. But that caused me to get a little mad on with these coyotes once again. And it's been a while since I got real serious with it. I always go out every year to hit them a little bit here and there. But uh, that kind of got a mad on for me. And, um uh, Getting back after it again, getting my gear charged up, the Fox Pro collar. Um, just, it's hard to beat. We're going to talk more about that. But our guest this week is John Collins, who works with Fox Pro. And I've been following John for a long time, uh, before his time at, at Fox Pro, and, and just back to where he first started producing coyote hunts. And just really, really enjoyed watching his stuff because it's kind of homegrown stuff. It's in the same landscape and same kind of country that I hunt and same kind of style. And so I really have enjoyed watching John's stuff for a long time. And today I want to just catch up with him, hear his story, hear his hunting roots, how he got started, how he got started filming hunts, where he got to the point working with Fox Pro, and really some of the sounds he uses, some of those favorite sounds. We want to give you those uh, so you can use those, download that, download that, put it on your own equipment. All those sounds he uses, they're available to you as well. And so I want to get the inside scoop, the skinny, from John Collins on how he does what he does, why he's so successful, and what he's up to these days. So let's get John in here and get him on the line. John Collins, what's happening, man? Not much, buddy. What's going on with you? Another rainy day in West Tennessee for us. What's going on up that way? Yeah, pretty pretty nasty here, too. We still had a lot of snow hanging around last two days and still had a little bit yesterday evening but but now heck it's it's gone it feels like spring out there and it's probably already rained over an inch here this morning so and you're still in yeah you're still in kentucky is that right oh yeah just south of lexington yeah good deal man really appreciate your time today let's talk coyotes i know you 
or a guy that I've followed for a long, long time as far as just from those early stages when you f- first started filming hunts, and I want to get into a little bit about that. But, man, John, sure. take, take us take us back to your hunting roots, man, how you got started. I mean, I know you as kind of the predator man these days, but tell me, uh, just kind of give us insight into your hunting roots, how you got started, what you were doing in those early days, who got you started, how you got started, what you first yeah, got into. Yeah, just those, uh, you know, those early days, pretty pretty similar to, to most young men you know dad and uncles got me started in the hunting and you know started ever you know since grade school early years in grade school um and it started out with small game squirrel hunting rabbit hunting quail hunting all that type of stuff actually in my area kentucky there really wasn't many deer when i was you know from eight to 16 really but i still deer hunted in my early teens um Finally got into turkey hunting at 16 or whatever I could get a license for. It could chase here at home. That's yeah. what I was doing. But, you know, I still do a lot of that stuff today, like the, the squirrel and rabbit hunting st- type stuff, which I see you and your kids doing. Yeah. Man, I, I love doing it. I look forward to that every September, every August, late August and, and September. I love still getting in the squirrel woods. Yeah, man. It's hard to beat. And I've told my crew a number of times here in the last several years that, you know, day's coming. Well, that's probably all I do, you know, you know, physical limitations one day, obviously, but just I enjoy it so much that I yeah. I look forward to that every year. The early season squirrels, and then and then we've got this squirrel dog going nowadays, and we've had a lot yeah. of fun late season with that. So it's it's a hoot, man, and it sure is. I mean, after been going through a long deer season and getting beat up by the whitetail bucks, it's kind of nice to go on a hunt for something <laughs> where you know you're going to probably find some success or at least get to shoot the gun. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to get beat up by them back on deer. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Well, hey, tell me about just how you got started as far as on the coyotes itself. When did you get bit by the bug for chasing coyotes and predators? And and um, I mean, I guess in that part of the state, you, I don't, you know, I see you working on the cats pretty good bit and coyotes. Obviously, do you have much for fox up that way? Uh, you know, some fox, not many. Yeah. Uh, when I first started predator calling i would get in the fox actually the second predator i ever called up was a fox or a second hunt um and you know that was successful i called in the red fox but no not many yeah um haven't called it i haven't seen the first one this year i've seen trail camera pictures like on my my deer trail cameras and stuff but uh didn't i don't think i've seen any last year but the year before i had a had a property that was absolutely loaded up with them for some reason and actually went there and called up a daytime double on reds couple of years ago but yeah. you know and i have noticed where they're kind of slim i sometimes i have called them up in, in the previous years and just let them go just because i kind of enjoy seeing them and sure. i like to see them have a little bit better population i don't know if me passing them up helps it out that much or not but yep. you know yep. try to throw a little bit of that in there but uh how i got started into predator hunting i got started into it pretty early i think i killed my first uh coyote when i was 16 it's hard for me to remember i i'm pretty sure i wasn't like actually driving on the road yet yeah. i was either 15 or 16 because i remember i drove a uh, drove farm truck back there to get it yeah. so i was either just had my permit or just before i'd got my permit for for you know for driving but anyway i was actually just deer hunting and saw the saw the coyote and of course you know you know the old saying when you see a coyote no matter what you hunt it turned into a coyote hunt that's right that's right and uh that was actually actually my first actually i think if i can remember it happened so long ago 
I think I was actually back there bow hunting. It mm-hmm. seemed like a family group of coyotes. Yep. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I slipped back to the house, the farmhouse there, and Dad's always had old Ruger number 122-250. Mm. Went there and got it, grabbed a couple of shells, went back and got on them coyotes and killed my very first one, killed it with 22-250. And it kind of... That kind of started spurring it on. I, you know, it wasn't a call-in or nothing like that. It was just kind of like a spot stock deal. But it, right. I thought the animal was so cool, yeah. you know, once I got up there to it. And uh, shortly after, uh, you know, Dad got to you know, you like, you like hunting everything, and, you know, that you can. He said, won't you try chasing some of these coyotes, you know. Mm-hmm. Raised up on a beef cattle operation farm, cow-calf operation, and, you know, would see a little depredation from coyotes. And Dad you know, a lot of people, especially if they're cow-calf operation farmers, most of them hate coyotes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you won't lie to me of it, don't. And Dad, Dad is one of them, and he kind of urged me to try it. And uh, the rest is history when it comes for the coyote stuff. I've been been after them ever since. Yeah, man. Do you remember the first uh, first time you went out with calls? What the sounds you used? Yes. Uh, I know it's been a, yeah. it's been a minute since then, but tell me about that first one where you actually went out in pursuit of them with the calls and uh, yeah, targeting coyotes. Had a had a cousin of mine, first cousin. When we got together, we've you know shared so many hunting experiences, you know, throughout our lives. You know, we yeah. we decided we was going to go do it one morning after we was actually going to try to call a coyote. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know there was a such thing. You know, I I didn't have anybody to learn from. Mm. And uh, I think you know at the time there was electronic calls. There was like Johnny Stewart types, you know, the cassettes and yep. whatever, all that stuff. But I didn't know about it. Yep. I didn't have a clue about it. But uh, our local pro shop, archery shop, I remember going back there and there was there was predator calls hanging on the wall, like closed reed cocktail rabbit type stuff and, you know, howlers and all that. And I remember I grabbed a, it was a wooden, a wooden closed reed cottontail rabbit call. Mm. Blew on a little bit here around the house just to just to see what it sounded like. I was like, man, it sounds awful. You can go call that up yeah, with this. Yeah. Run out there and tried it and, and the crazy thing is and, and Somebody, you know, somebody listening might have heard this from me before, but on our very first stand, blowing on that thing, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Yeah. The only we knew is we had two rifles, and uh, we was trying to call in a coyote, yeah. and uh, we didn't pay attention to wind. No, you had to pay attention to wind yeah. direction and all that. But anyway, first set within two minutes, we called in seven oh my coyotes. Word. Wow, seven coyotes, and. Uh, the crazy thing, we were still kids, didn't have no daggone money or nothing like that. My cousin was packing a, a Winchester Model 94 3030. Mm. You know, that's what he had. Yeah, yeah. I had 22, 250, and 243 and stuff like that from my dad, but I didn't have no daggone shells. Yeah. What I did have in my house, the only thing I had shells for that was center fire besides for a shotgun was a 300 Weatherby Magnum <laughs> that belonged to my uncle. And it was actually in a left-handed action gun. Oh, boy. So I said, I'm taking that. Yep. Anyway, smoke cleared. We both unloaded our guns. When the smoke cleared, we had two coyotes out of the seven laying on the ground. Oh, wow. And, uh, man, that that took it up a notch after that. Oh, and then, yeah. Of course, got to investigate more on what to do, what not to do, trying to learn all I could. And I, then I started discovering electronic calls and, yeah. and got an electronic call from Fox Pro. I think the first one was a FX3 or FX5 and yep. that kicked it up another notch or two and, and been rolling, been rolling hard at them ever since. That's funny, man. That's crazy to, to start off with one probably as, as good as you'll have, you know, as far as numbers charging in there, that's pretty good stuff. And I think back to my, 
one of my first rodeos with trying it out. And I was with my cousin. We'd always camp after Christmas, do a cold weather camp, just kind of yep. tough man camp. And we had this idea we're going to take, uh, I guess, his um, his sister's boyfriend at the time, whatever it was. He said, man, we need to call some coyotes tonight. And I, I didn't know that you, you know, coyotes in Tennessee was daylight only. I didn't know anything about it. You know, he's just out there. He yep. said, I've got this little – and we didn't have a caller. You know, like I said, I know Johnny Stewart was on the was on the radar back then, but we had just a cassette tape. It was a bootleg cassette tape that somebody had made of a rabbit squealing. And yep. we had a, we had just a you know a recorder out there, just a little boombox we took out there to the woods and with batteries in it, and we're out there camping and and just playing like you said, just awfulest racket, you know, uh, screaming on this. And I mean, it was like I said, it was a real deal. It was like just an old cassette tape, bootleg cassette tape of a rabbit squealing. And, man, it sounded, you know, really, really good. Right, right. But I, I just remember sitting out there freezing to death, trying to – we didn't call anything up. But that was the first time uh, I just remember playing that. And, uh, again, just, just knowing that I'm calling up this animal, that, that the intention here, the de, you know, the design of this is for me to blow this sound or, or play this sound – and that animal's coming in to, to kill and eat what I'm creating right here. Right, you know? and, right. and I just remember sitting there shaking to death, man, thinking, oh, my word. I was I was freezing, but I was also that adrenaline running through knowing that, man, you better look out, son. There's coyotes coming. And, and I was just in fear of the what you saw. You know, seven. and That's what I had in my right. mind was, you know, here comes a whole pack of them. You know how a couple of them sound like a 20 of them. But, I mean, I, I just I had this in, in my mind, you know. Cause we'd heard them howl, and we'd heard what they do at night, and, and man, I just had all those grand visions and, and fearful visions of what might come, and that's kind of where it lit, lit, you know it, the spark came from me. And it was many years later before I ever got to uh, play the game. You know, I had some of those incidental deals where you know deer hunting and got to shoot them, but once I started targeting those, and that's what I tell people all the time. It, it's a whole lot different, you know. People say, "Oh, well, yeah, man, I shoot cows. I'm a coyote hunter. I shoot them all the time during deer season." And I thought, man, that's cool and that's necessary. But man, it's a different beast when you go and start blowing that call, targeting oh, yeah, coyotes, yeah. and it just—it's a game changer, and it, everything changes, and, and it's just an exciting. I see guys thing. see guys quite often. You know, they consider themselves coyote hunters, mm. and then you got coyote killers. Yeah. I've always kind of considered myself, especially after that first actual hunt, pursuing them with a call. Yeah. I call my—you know—I consider myself now a coyote caller. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what I want to be referred to. If he must, hey, I don't want to be known as John the Coyote. I don't want to be known as John the Coyote Caller, if yeah. that makes sense to you. Because sure. that's what I want to do is call him in. Yep. Uh, there's many times we'll be out in the field and, and you'll know, see a coyote, and uh, we'll be deer hunting or whatever. And, you know, I wouldn't even let my kids shoot him. It's like, no, we ain't shooting them like that. I know it sounds crazy, everybody listening, but, I, you know, it's I, I view that. I don't take them as target of opportunity anymore. I want to call them in. The yeah. way I view it is if I shoot that coyote or one of the kids shoot a coyote like that or one of my hunting partners or whatever, that's a coyote that we couldn't, we can't call up to sure. kill him. Yep. You know, that's what I want to do. I want to see him run to the call. Yeah. So. yeah. No, man, it makes sense, complete sense. Same thing with out here, uh, again, going back to the squirrel dog. I mean, we've had times where the dog missed the squirrel. We, we see it up there in the tree. And it's like, you know, the boys like, hey, can we shoot the squirrel? I said, no, that dog didn't bark on that. That dog didn't find that. Let's save that for another yeah. day where she does yeah. play the game. That's she does figure it out. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you, it, it, there's people that, you know, it's just reducing an animal to possession is, uh, you know, the name of the game for some folks. But right. when you love it and you're passionate about a particular yeah. style of hunting like you are with these coyotes. Right. 
Oh, it's, and, it's and saying that, and saying that too, I have no problem for some, you know, if you want to do that, pour right. it on it. I have no issues at all with that. You know, I'm not, I'm not like saying don't do it. It's just, you know, personal preference type stuff. I yeah. do not, you know, I want to call these coyotes up. Yeah, man. It's, collar, that's so. right. It's just a stage you're in and we, we all go through different stages as a hunter and it's just a stage or the season of life that you're in right now with your particular preference. And that's, that's yeah. cool. But yeah. I, I'm the same way by all means, man. Oh, uh, get it, you know, get it how you can get it. As long as it's legal, do your thing and hunt your hunt. And so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that, and that kind of started with me after that first call in hunt, you know, I'd killed, like I said, I killed it one, I was 15 or 16 and then probably killed a few handful more just deer hunting target of opportunity type stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but after that first call in, I was like, man, I didn't realize you could, you know, cause I didn't have nobody to learn from, from yeah. it. Now I learned deer hunting you know small game and all that stuff from like i said my dad and uncles but yeah. uh when it comes to i thought i was the only person that did it yeah i saw the calls and i knew that somebody had to come up with the idea but i was just you know i was i don't want to call it sheltered yep. but there was nobody around here that done it and yep. there was no talk of these jerry blairs and, and you know all these other people that wrote these books and stuff like that. i just didn't know it existed and then after I tried it, you know, I was like, you know, dad mentioned something about it. I was like, well, how do you go just pursue them? You know, and he's like, oh, I hear you can call them up. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean you can call them up? And he said, well, you sound like something died. And I remember seeing those calls on the shelf at uh, at the, you know, archery shop. So that's the first thing I did. Went over and bought one for eight bucks or less or yeah. whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And after I seen it actually work, still, you know, like I said, when we went and did it, didn't know what we were doing. Didn't know if yeah. I was making a correct sound or nothing. It was just squalling on this little closed recall. Yep. And the sight of those seven cows charging in. I mean, we froze up. Mm. Uh, the first cow to we shot was like at 30 steps. Mm. I mean, like two of the seven run right up there. I mean, you could have killed them with a rock. That's right. And uh, I was sitting there looking at them in the scope, and I was just like, I didn't flip the safety off or nothing. Finally, I kind of raised my head up, and I was like, Bo shoot one of them yeah. <laughs> and Bo was okay and boom he should, and after that we just started unloading yeah and i was like my gosh this was freaking awesome oh, dude yeah. Yeah. you know and it just changed the game for me it's not it wasn't just about shooting one it was now about calling them in yeah and, and making it part of the hunt yeah man there's something special about that and it just i've told people before if it if it happened more often for me i mean in our numbers you know have um our, our coyotes have gotten super educated around here, and I, I'm always bad-mouthing some of these local contests they've done. It seemed like before those days, you know, we'd call up a coyote every, you know, four, you know, three to five sets probably. We'd call a coyote up, and nowadays it's more like, you know, 12, if that, 10 to 12, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, just yeah. a lot of these local contests to put a lot of pressure and, and, and maybe not killed as many coyotes, but a, a lot more educating coyotes than anything, and, and so it's a different deal. Um. But I've, I've told people so many times, I said, man, if, if it was more consistent, um, you'd see a lot more people doing it. Because a lot of folks would go, like we're talking about, they'll go and make a make a set. And, man, I don't know, I'm blowing this call I bought off the shelf, and it's not doing anything. And they don't make enough. It's a numbers right. game, you know, and um, right. and they go back home. But there's, And that's another thing when it comes to that stuff, too. You know, there's more to it than just blowing on a call. There's, there's yeah. more to it than just put, pushing buttons on you, Fox Pro. Yeah. There is an art form to it. I mean, that's the reason you see some people's better at it than others. And that goes with everything yeah. and other ty- ty- types of hunting. But, uh, yeah, there's, 
I think that is one of the things that's such a common misconception is all you got to do is blow on a collar, push a button. Yep. And there's way, way, way more to it than yep. just that. Well, you know, I learned a lot of that because I'm like you. I Back when I started, and it's been, gosh, I don't know. I, I think when I first really got serious about messing with them, was, was, it had been 25 years ago because it was right when I first got married. I remember sitting in the apartment, first little apartment my wife and I got, and I remember calling George Brent. Do you ever you remember George Brent? Do you ever know him from down here? He, no. Okay. No. George was uh, he was an older guy. Went on to be with the Lord now, but uh, in the last several years, but he he was the guy that that was walking through the mall one day and looked down at the at the toy store where that little wobble ball was rolling on the floor with a coontail on it. I don't know if you've ever yep. seen that in the mall. Yeah. You know, whatever, oh, yeah. Toys R Us, whatever it was, had that little wobble ball with the tail on it. He saw that years ago and said, man, I, I can make a decoy out of that. And he, he got yeah. the patent rights to take that ball, that wobble ball, put it on a, you know, a, a spring, yep. on a dowel rod, and made the, I think he called it the Predator Supreme decoy. Just a pretty crude deal. It's just that wobble ball on a spring, mm-hmm. on a dowel rod, yep. and just a, oh, I'm sure I've seen that. You've seen I mean, it. That sounds yeah. awesome, but I, I just don't, didn't know the name that was associated with yeah, it. Yeah, well, it was, it was just kind of his home little home project, but then he, he ultimately went and sold it to Primos and, and went on. Mm-hmm. And, and But man, I, he was one of the first few guys. He was down here about an hour and a half from me, and and um, and um I remember just seeing some stuff pop up, and I don't even remember where, because that was back before all the social media was, I don't know where I came across him, but I started seeing his stuff and, and find, seeing some success, you know, out of him. And so I called him one morning early before work. I was going to FedEx to work down in Memphis, and I remember calling him early. And he was like, oh, you know, I think I just woke him up. And I said, man, you're killing these coyotes. I'm struggling. Let's tell me, teach me, you know, right. mentor me, man. What am I doing wrong? And and then he started into just talking about the wind direction and said, yeah, uh-huh. you know, how are you doing? Are you, are you setting up? Wind? No, man, I go out and sit on the edge of the field and blow the call. Don't ever right, see any. Exactly. And he said, yep. you're calling up coyotes. You just don't know you're calling up coyotes because your wind's not good. And you're not paying attention oh, yeah, to this. Yeah. You're not walking, you know, paying attention to how you walk in and all the things. And, man, it was cool. And, and he, he took me along and uh, let me follow along with him a few hunts and, and you know, learn, you know, started off there. And then, it, and then you know, again, a, the success soon came um, when you start paying attention to those. So going back to your point, yeah. man, you, it's not about just – wailing on a rabbit squaller you know that's what everybody said get you a rabbit right, squaller and start right. screaming and um there's a lot more to it than that and yeah and it's kind of like me talking about that first hunt you know you might you know some i first time ever out there called up seven killed two man you unnatural yeah. no we lucky that's right. we were lucky because we <laughs> yeah. clue what we was doing it was just luck yeah. but it was the right kind of luck on the right day right morning yeah <laughs> and uh i wouldn't trade that experience for nothing yeah well and, and that does come it's like any hunting right i mean you look at some of these guys that show up once a year to you know deer hunt on open the day gun season they kill a giant and it's just right place right time it can happen right right oh uh, right. and you know same with coyotes you can you can take that rabbit squaller and you you know go out there and just blow it and wail on it on the edge of a field and and it will happen, you know. I mean, sooner or later, whatever. And, but as far as numbers and, and, and like consistent, that, my next several hunts, I think actually the second time I went out, I actually called in the red fox and, oh, wow. and killed it. Yeah. But after that, I went through a dry spell. It was a bad dry spell, yeah. and it was like you know just trying to figure out what was going on, and uh, and the kind of the wind thing. I still hadn't thought nothing. Didn't figure it was even a factor. Mm. You know, and you still see that today with a lot of people. You know, they don't pay attention to the wind yep. when they first get into the sport. But 
I remember saying something to Dad. He said, well, you started out hot, but you ain't doing nothing now, are you, little buddy? And I was like, no. And he said, what do you think you're doing? I said, I don't have a clue. Yeah. He said, I'm just going to And he asked me, did you pay any attention to the wind? I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, you know what happens when a deer smells you? I said, yeah, he runs off. He said, what do you think happens when a coyote smells you? And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's all. And after that, it changed. It yeah. really did. And then, you know, so it's just a progression. You got to you gotta grow. You know, when you start hunting, no matter what it is, you got to grow in that, whether you're a deer hunter, turkey hunter or what, if you want to have – continued success or better success you gotta learn how to evolve and grow and make yourself better yeah absolutely absolutely and there's not a, a uh, an animal out there that i've seen that is uh less forgiving than the coyote on oh, on no the wind man i mean you know you you have some animals that come across your boot track or something they'll check up and hold up and you know that coyote no just completely switches direction. Never even hesitates. It's just like, oh man, yeah, I mean, he's he's, yeah. he's done. He's gone. And another thing, and they're and they're so much smarter. Uh, yeah. People don't realize it, but anybody that's ever had dogs for pets, yep. you know all the stuff you can teach them. You see what they learn. You see what they learn from, you know, reprimanding them. You know, yep. if they're doing something bad and you get on them, you see the effect on them. And then when you take the same tone of voice with them or anything like that, you see the effect that it ha- they learn from it, you know, and, and not saying that deer and turkey and all of that stuff can't learn, but man, they ain't near as smart as a coyote is. Yep. I mean, I don't know anybody that's ever took a deer and taught it how to sit and roll over and fetch right. and all yep. that type of stuff in captivity. Now I know deer and stuff can be tough, but I, you know, I told one of the boys that work there at Fox Pro, he's a huge deer hunter, which I'm a big deer hunter too, but, he always wants to talk about how smart deer are. And I like I said, I ain't saying they're just dumb or a rock, but I think a deer's a, what saves them more than their smarts is them being scared to death of everything. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Unlike a coyote, you know, a coyote's just slick, boy. They're, they're smart. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good parallel. Just talk about domestic dogs and, and how, uh, how much they learn, how they get their feelings hurt, how they can react, how they learn and, you know, just how trainable they are and, and Oh, and, yeah. and stuff with their nose, just like with training. You know, you got you know cadaver dogs, yeah. uh, uh, you know drug dogs, all this type of stuff. It's just it's just wild. And, and you know us as humans, we don't take any other animals and do that type of stuff with them. Yeah, it's just yeah. dog. Yeah, absolutely. John, let's talk a minute about the your early days of filming. When did you start filming hunts? I, I I think I picked up on your stuff back with what you doing. I guess with Tooth and Claw, or, or I believe it was called. But when did you get the bug for? Wanting to tow the camera and start filming those hunts, and what was your first productions? Well, we actually uh, was filming hunts and stuff uh, back early on when I was uh, in the high school. I mean, it all kind of started. My mom was she wasn't a professional at or nothing like that, but my mom had a Minolta, uh, you know, film camera, nice. picture taking camera, and she was always snapping pictures. And uh, I always found interesting. And every time she'd have pictures developed and stuff like that, I wanted to see them, whether it was just family stuff, uh, landscape type stuff, or, or whatever. I always enjoyed that. And plus, she always liked the camcorder type stuff. She yeah. she was one of those moms at the basketball game with one of those big RCA yeah. huge cameras on her shoulder. It looked like yeah. you know, it looked like a film news crew was there or something. Yeah. You know? And uh, loved watching all that stuff back. I oh, thought yeah. that it just really grabbed a hold of me. I really liked that videography and photography type stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we kill a deer, 
I just didn't want somebody just snapping some little Polaroid at thing laying on the ground. We was posing them up, you know. We yeah. was we was wanting that good stuff. And then, uh, you know, once uh, mom graduated into some smaller type cameras, you know, that's actually more handheld type stuff. And I was sneaking out with them things, and we was trying to film squirrel hunts and all this crazy stuff. But the first hunt we ever filmed, uh, we filmed a, a turkey hunt mm. right here in Kentucky. We just took took one of our little cousins. Uh, turkey hunting called a big old strutting gobbler up there to just steps and after finally had a really cool hunt that we put on film man it, it lit another fire yeah. and it was like you know i was like man i could do this all the time yeah. you know we was watching we was watching jackie bushman on i don't can't remember if it was tnn or whatever yeah. that station used to be on sundays after church we'd yeah. be watching jackie bushman and then Real Tree Monster Bucks was coming on. Real Tree Outdoors watching Bill Jordan and all those guys. Yep. And it was like, man, do they do that for a living? Is yeah. this what they do? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I got kind of bit by that at at an early age, yep. and uh, just kind of kept digging in with it. You know, filming stuff. We filmed deer hunts, turkey hunts. They got to filming the coyote hunts, and finally got in front of the the right right people to show what i can do and and uh, here we are today with it yeah man absolutely very cool stuff and what is your role today i know you mentioned fox pro as far as working with those guys and i think you've been there the last several years what, what's your role with those guys what do you do i actually work in the marketing department uh you know i'm i'm a marketing assistant and content creator so you know, we're traveling all over the country to, to gather marketing uh, material, filming coyote hunts. Uh, we take a ton of pictures for product stuff. Uh, uh, man, you know, take care. We do a podcast now, just like what we're on now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, we're staying pretty busy, but, but the main role is to, is to call up predators and put them on film and show how our products, Fox Pro products, can, uh, can work in the field and can make you a better predator hunter. Yeah, man. Very that's, good that's my main job is to is to show how how our products can be successful and they yeah. can help you out. Well, you do a heck of a job of it because I mean, there's a, there's a handful of guys that I I kind of follow that I um, I say a handful, not even that. You know, just a just two or three. You know, maybe four or five. I don't know. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But there's there's a few of you that that I know. If I had to say, look. You got to kill a you got to kill a coyote for a million bucks. Here's your here's your guy, and I mean you're right. one of those guys, and and I love following your stuff. And I know I look back, and one of our previous messages from several years ago was I, I made the comment to you that I I love watching your stuff because you're you're in similar stuff to what we do. And I know you go out mm -hmm. west and you do different things and go other places, but you hunt a lot of pastures oh, and stuff that I that I you know yeah. kind of stuff that I hunt here in West Tennessee and. Um, and it's just, it's just real deal. You know, I enjoy watching it cause it's, like I said, it's the way I go. It's the way I hunt the landscape. I hunt similar stuff and, uh, just yeah, really I, good. I, pre I appreciate the, the kind words. Yeah. We get to travel all over and hunt some really cool places, but I always look forward to coming back to, you know, to the bluegrass state right here at home. The, the section of Kentucky that I live in is kind of like on the foothills of the, what they consider the bluegrass region. So it's like rolling. You know, rolling pasture and busted up crop ground, hollers and knobs and all that type of stuff. And I don't know, it's in my blood. I, I just love coming back here to hunt. You mentioned Tennessee. You know, a lot of the ground in Tennessee is very similar. I mean, you know, if there's ever two states, it's very comparable to each other. I think it's Kentucky and Tennessee. And, That's right. And and you mentioned me with with some 
you know, other coyote hunters that, that you follow and look up to, that means a lot to me. I mean, especially down in Tennessee, y'all got so many great coyote callers and coyote hunters down there. It's, it's, I appreciate it. Thank yeah, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. Hey, let's talk about gear for a little bit. You know, you, you mentioned the, uh, just the opportunity to work with Fox Pro and, and I've had, um, you know, that, that's kind of where I've landed in, in the last, I say few years. It's been a long time now. I mean, uh, I know a lot of us started off like we're talking about just old bootleg cassette tape through a you know a boombox, and then you know the Johnny Stewart thing came on. And I remember way back when Johnny Stewart was one of the really the only you know key players on the market, as far as I know. And and he carried this this cassette tape uh, player, this box, and man, that thing it was heavy as a brick. I mean, it was super heavy, and you had a little speaker on the top of it, just super heavy. Well, right. then you know, then Fox Pro comes along, man, and just changed the game as far as yes, convenience yes, and portability sir. and just realism and sound and just all the stuff. I, again, I go. I remember going back and, and winding out a cord to your speaker way out there, and I was just blown away when I came across the Fox Pro for the first time and just saw, this is crazy. Now you stick the speaker out there, here and you got a remote, you know, and the remote actually works, and you, you can put it way all out right. there, and it still works. And it just kind of changed the game, e- easily changed the game. Not easy on their innovation, but just – it was no, it was no comparison at any, you know, anymore. And so I love what I've seen. I've had a couple different ones. I think the shockwaves, what I'm running now, and I know that's been out a while, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. Yeah. Um, yep. so tell me what the latest is, what you're using. And I just kind of want to walk through your gear list, both Fox pro stuff, as well as the gun you're toting and any decoys and all that stuff. Kind of tell me what your, your gear list, your gear list looks like. Well, as far as, as the, the e-call units, and I thought it was interesting you mentioned the shockwave. I thought, you know, back – Fox Pro was, like, officially established in, like, 1993, okay. okay? And like you said, when that came about, that's when they – I mean, they absolutely changed the game. That was the first really actual portable electronic game call. Yeah. So it was a huge, huge inva- advancement. And, and predator calling. Well, one of the other huge advancements, in my opinion, was the shockwave. Um, shockwave is still an extremely popular unit. All right. But the thing is, when that thing came out, and I have to go back and look it up, I think this thing came out like in 2011 or 12. Yeah. That's a while. long time ago. Yeah, that's a, a long time. It's like 12, 13, 14 years ago when this call came out. Yeah. And the thing is, where that, where that unit is still popular today with a lot of hunters, that tells me with advancements that happen in electronics, you know, you know, nowadays, if anything's a year old, That's like right. say a, a thermal or a computer or a phone, yep. that stuff's like almost obsolete in just a year or two. But That's for right. that shockwave to stick around like it has, it's got to tell you how far ahead of its time it was back 12, 13 years ago, whenever it did come out. I'm some reason I got like 2011 or 12 stuck in my head, but it could come out before that. I have to go back and look. That just, I think that's a huge advancement that's right. uh, in e-calls from that shockwave. Yeah. And the thing was, I ran the shockwave quite a bit. I still got a shockwave. I actually got a shockwave in arm's reach of me right now. Yeah. Um, I've killed truckloads with a shockwave. Yeah. Excellent, excellent unit. Yeah. Now, it is here at arm's reach, and I have took it out recently uh, on a hunt, but the, the unit that I use 98% of the time nowadays is the Fox Pro X24. Okay. Um, you simply can't beat that unit. It's a 24-bit output unit. It's extremely loud. It's got the same remote the Shockwave runs, the TX-1000, best remote in the game. 
It's just, you know, if I'm going to, if you told me you was going to drop me off somewhere and you said I could take any call I wanted and, and I have to call up a coyote to save my life, I'm going to trust my life on that Fox Row X24. That's just how it is. I don't take no other unit. I don't take nobody else's unit. I wouldn't even think about it because, I mean, I know it's, I know it works. I know it's tough and it's going to work when I hit play. And that means a lot to me. And X24 is where it's at. I mean, it's wins tournaments all over the, all over the country. And, uh, you know, I I base my job off of it. You yeah. know, I can take any Fox Pro unit I want to out there, and I grab the X24 almost every single time. Yeah, very cool. I've seen a lot of photos, uh, you know, from serious predator hunters and all the, you know, all manner of predator hunters, and they, uh, a lot of them toting that thing for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. tell me, John, how is that powered as far as batteries? What does it run off of? Is it double A's? What has it got in it? To- it actually comes with a lithium rechar- a rechargeable lithium battery pack. So like when you buy that unit, it actually comes with that lithium battery pack that's uh, included. And it's uh, I actually had a boy message me today, this morning, I was wanting to, wanting to get one and he had questions about that battery pack. He, he, whichever runner unit he's running now takes double A's. Yep. He said, how often will I have to change these things? A lot of times I hunt at night and use it as frigid temps. Can I get through one night of calling? Do I need to have backups batteries with me? Mm-hmm. And no, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's our routine. Usually when we go on filming trips, usually the last three days, usually we're, we're like running our unit for two and a half days straight. And we'll feel like interview stuff type type stuff you know and you know, when we're hunting we're hunting hard yeah. i mean we're making tons and tons and tons of stands yeah. and i'll go do that three-day trip off one charge i don't even think about charging it wow. i mean it's charged up i, I don't expect it to die yeah. i never have had a die on me like that and actually i went to kansas uh back in december i charged my x24 before i went uh we used it that three-day trip i've filmed another three-day trip since then and i think i've just a scattered few stands here around the house i still it's still ain't charged it since right before christmas oh, wow. <laughs> so that battery pack's pretty legit well i was gonna say that's impressive uh you know just because you know man i mean how many times have you you've had whatever gear and you get out there and it's the same whether it's your video camera your uh, whatever you know it's like oh my gosh i didn't charge mm-hmm. it last night it's it's dead mm-hmm. almost dead you get a set in and you're done and it's like my gosh man and so uh-huh. yeah to have that that longevity is uh is pretty strong man and you say it does take the same uh the same remote as uh previous models or yep. is, okay. T- it takes a tx 1000 it's the same remote you see on the x2 fox pro x2s the x-wave the ocs 24c uh, in Shockwave, yep. they all run the TX one thousand, and even uh, like uh, the Hijack, which is discontinued now, and the uh, Hellcat Pro, which is a nice compact unit, they use the TX one thousand as well. They're just a little bit different. We took the side preset buttons off the TX one thousand for those those units for that Hijack and the uh, Hellcat Pro. But it's still that base TX one thousand remote. It's it's really don't get no better. It's a it's a great remote. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've got right here. I was just pulled it out of the bag. I'm, I'm sitting next to mine as well here in the office, and uh, I've gotten familiar with that. And, and like anything, once you you get to running those buttons, you know, to kick, kick it back out to the menu, mm-hmm. and you know, it's all the volume up, and you you get used to it. And it's a super handy little deal to have around your neck there, and, and just to run those sounds. And uh, it's got more great, it, great it, buttons. You know, the buttons feel good. They're spaced out right. That's you right. Know, a nice big screen. Anybody can read it. 
you know. Yep, that's you know, what I'm, I'm in say. my 40s now. I got a, a lot of times I'm, you know, I'm sitting here on the computer right now. I got my readers on. Yeah. <laughs> trying to look at stuff. I don't have to have them when I'm reading this remote. I know. It's pretty good. I know. And like you said, the buttons, that's a big deal to me because, you know, you're, you're wearing, I mean, we just got through with, a week and a half of just the nastiest, coldest mess, and you know yeah. you're wearing single digit temps. Yeah. You're gonna be wearing gloves. You're wearing gloves, <laughs> and you can't push. In a lot of these things, you can't push one button without pushing three of them. And that's what right. I really appreciate right. with this little deal here. But so. backlit buttons for your night hunters. You know, yeah. different, different. Uh, you know, several options for the screen to yeah. to dim it and different colors and stuff like that. Whether you're running daytime, nighttime, low light, bright yeah. light, whatever, it, right. it does it. That's right. John, let's talk about sounds. I don't know how many, you know, I don't know if you want to give away any of your secret sauce sure, as far I as sounds. Get, I, but I, ain't, I ain't got no secrets. Yeah. Give me, well, listen, that's, listen that's, I, you know, that's one part of my job is, is you know, I want to show yeah. how you can be successful with this stuff. But plus, I want you to be successful. That's right. I don't want you to take, you know, I don't want to tell you, hey, say, get this X24 and you're going to pile them up. You will pile them up, but there's, like we said, there's more to it than just simply hit and play. So yeah. I'm all about, educating you know i want you to be successful with this stuff so no secrets right here i'm yeah. i won't give you what i know which ain't really a whole lot a lot of the stuff i tell people ends up being just like bad habit stuff that i do but hey my bad habits kill a few coyotes so right well that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right and you know it, it, honestly when it comes to the sound itself there is no secrets because you you know you are producing those videos guys are watching that and they're like mm-hmm. okay that's the sound they're using i got that in mind as well uh, and again, it goes back to, you know, some of those same guys was okay, well, John's using this here and, and, you know, he's got that platinum gray Fox or whatever. And that, uh, that's, a, mm-hmm. he's killing him with that or whatever. And then they go hit that same button and they don't have the same success. So it, it, it goes back to those other elements that, uh, are part of the hunt again, the wind and the setup and getting in and out and, uh, watching your, you know, and just knowing, you know, getting, getting on the ears. I remember that was one of the things Mr. George said years ago, he said, you know, you're, you're just not on. You're not getting on the ears, you know. We, right. we didn't have not one show up. Cows, yeah. yeah, you yeah. just, it's just, they're just not there, and that's okay. You move on to the next one. But what are some of the, your favorite sounds? And give us, a, give us a handful of sounds of your go-to's. Well, what what time of year with Colin? Let's just go right now. I mean, I, I think you guys just did a podcast. I want to encourage our listeners to go check out uh, some of y'all's sure. most recent ones. But you, you, the season that we're in right now, we are we not right here in the middle of the breeding season, or we're, we're kind of coming into it right now, okay. and they are responding two breeding type sounds but you know we were just filming last week and and what we found we were still calling a lot of coyotes to prey to stress yeah uh so this time of year i'm still starting my stands off with uh, at least two minutes of prey to stress now last week we was running all the way up to about eight minutes of prey to stress and we switched over to vocals yep. uh, some of my favorite favorite prey to stress type sounds uh from fox pro are cagey cottontail it's probably one of maybe the single most uh, greatest cottontail sound ever recorded for calling in coyotes and bobcats. Mm. Um, our close second is Mrs. McCottontail. I've probably called up more bobcats. When you talk about bobcats, I've called up more bobcats to cagey cottontail, Mrs. McCottontail, than all other sounds combined. Mm. Okay. Huh. Now, not discrediting a bunch of these, other, there's a bunch of other great sounds, you know, but those are my two top favorite rabbit sounds. Now, one sound that we did test out last week is a new sound from MFK, MFK Game Calls, which they're only compatible with uh, with Fox Pro units. Just released a new rabbit called Cocktail Sauce. Oh. And uh, I think we killed at least, I think we called 
at least five coyotes to that last week and okay. coming hard. You know, it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be one of those next sounds that's really talked about a lot. So, you know, all might want to check that out, MFK Cocktail Sauce. Yeah. Uh, but we would run, this past week, like I said, we would pick one or two of those rabbits and run them up to about the six to eight minute mark. If we didn't have nothing show to that, then we went into our coyote vocals and kind of mimicked that breeding type scenario. We'd let out a set of howls. We would answer those howls back with either uh, a second set or we would we would come back with a like a group howl or, or a pair howl, so to speak, you know, two cows, a male and female howl. Yep. And then we would just pause for a little bit and then start hitting those breeding type sounds like female whimpers from Fox Pro, yep. uh, bump and grind from MFK, hooked pair from MFK. And uh, we were also running a new fight. Uh, from MFK, which is a breeding fight called Humpty Bumpty. And we had success with all those sounds. Uh, if you're somebody who just wants to go out and run straight vocals, I just skip out that rabbit part and go straight into run a set of howls, wait a minute or so, run another set of howls, and then start going into your, your actual breeding type sounds like female whimpers, yep. uh, bump and grind, hook pair, female chirps and whines from MFK. And then I always like to finish up with some sort of, of fight. And uh, MFK's got some great fights, Pound Town Table Scraps, Fight Challenge, just a new breeding fight called Humpty Bumpty. Yeah. Uh, surely if there's a coyote there and he hears some of that stuff, he's going to respond to one of those sounds. Yeah, yeah. And killer stuff coming out. And kind of explain the 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 rhyme or reason there as far as going. Uh, those sounds, you mentioned MFK, a partnership you guys have got with those guys. And, and those guys, yep. again, are some of the – uh, deadliest coyote hunters out there. I mean, I encourage folks to check out both Fox Pro and the MFK's videos line and series and everything, uh, YouTube channels. But um, how does that work? These MFK sounds you mentioned are those available at Fox Pro or that MFK or yeah, you can actually you can actually find them on uh, Fox Pro's website, gofoxpro.com, and they're also on, of course, on MFK's website. Like I said, they're they're only compatible with Fox Pro units. If you got a Fox Pro unit, they'll go on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, two different file formats, a 16-bit and a 24-bit format, you know, FXP and 24B. Uh, so, you know, if you like, if you have the Shockwave X24, X2S, X-Wave, and that type of stuff, you can put the 24B sounds on there. And uh, it just simply can't beat. It's the two best two best sound libraries in the industry, in the world. And, uh, you know, if, if you if you put those two libraries on your Fox Pro unit, you go out there and get to call them. You ain't calling up no critters. It ain't because of you unit or the sounds. It means <laughs> you either ain't on them or you ain't doing something right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, just some really crazy, realistic stuff. Again, that's that's the beauty of that, how far that's come, uh, you know, whether you know able to record these sounds down there, man. Yep. It's just crazy well, stuff. Well, the crazy thing about the MFK sounds, too, when you're talking about the coyote vocals, these it's uh, – it's not only 100% animal recordings. These are animal recordings from, from uh, I mean, they're basically wild animals out there that's that's loose. These are not caged coyotes. Yeah. Uh, Tory Cook, the owner of MFK, actually ha- has these coyotes that just live behind his house, and he's kind of just been accepted into their family, so to speak, and, yeah. and them in return with his family. And they're with them every day, and they just go out there and actually film those coyotes being coyotes just in their everyday life. It's not something in a pen that's forced. Yep. This is just natural-type recordings from live, 100% wild, you know, free-ranging coyotes. Yep. And it just produces it produces a, a better product, and, uh, and you know, your results, coyote Collins is going to show that. 
Yeah. Well, and the cool thing that I've I've kind of followed along with is that he's got every stage. You know, he's got that you know six week pup. You know, he's got all those different stages of the pup wines and whimpers and all the stuff. And yes. then through the, it's just yes. every vocalization through the life and the, the season of a coyote. And uh, man, yep. that, and, that's and that stuff wrong. really shines when you talk about that. You know, the different weeks of pups. You know, and stuff like that. You know, it's showing like it says Boone six week pup or whatever. Yeah, that's that Boone pup, which that's the name of this male coyote pup. That's him being recorded making wines or distressing or whatever he's doing at the age of six weeks. Yeah. So, like when the breeding or the denning season comes around and you know in your area you should have coyotes that are five or six, seven weeks old. Yeah. Well, dude, you go out there and play a six weeks coyote pup type sound. You're you're throwing sound out there that the, those coyotes in your area are hearing every day if they're a part of a family group. If they're a part of a, a denning family, got yeah. pups in the ground, they hear that. Yep. And guess what? If you're in their area and you play that, they're going to come running. I yeah. mean, they're going to run over your call. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it just don't get no better. It's strong. Strong stuff. All right, let's talk about your gun, man. I know you have, uh, you know, over the years here in the last decade or so, your gun selection has evolved, and you, you've got quite the rig these days. So tell me about what you're toting to the woods. Yeah, I've shot a little bit of everything over the years. Like I said, I, first coyote ever kills with twenty two two fifty, and and you know I pretty much stuck with that. I've shot a little bit of everything: twenty two two fifties, two forty threes, two twenty threes, two oh four Ruger, seventeen Remingtons, six point five PRC, which I know is a big game gun, but you know I've been known to throw a hundred forty seven grain ELD of that PRC at coyotes too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it'll kill them. That's for go. sure. That's right. Uh, 22 creeds you know i've sh- i've shot a little bit of everything but i keep coming back to the 22 250 it's yeah. uh i've said this before if there was a mount rushmore for coyote calibers 22 250 will always have a spot on it that's right and, and you know and among other great calibers i'm not 10 years better than 243 eight and 10 is better than anything but i have all the confidence in the world like we talked about before one of my main parts of my job is to is to call in coyotes and kill them, and I've always trusted my job on a twenty two two fifty. That's how much confidence I've got in it, and I think it's really the the ultimate coyote callers caliber. Yeah. You know, I'm shot custom guns in the past. Right now, I'm shooting some Rugers. Um, got a Ruger American sitting right over here in the corner. Um, got a little Pro VX five HD scope on it. I like running that three to fifteen type power scope it's a three to 15 by 44 okay. um love that love that scope i think it's perfect for a coyote collar yeah you know it's it's good for coyotes at, at you know call right up to any gun barrel and shooting coyotes out there around four out to 450 or 500 if you want to shoot that far so that's that's kind of what i'm running of course i run them suppressed i've got a assortment of suppressors here you know i don't like my ears ringing yeah i've done that plenty when i was younger but yeah. that's pretty much that's pretty much my setup Right there. Yeah, man. Very cool. Tell me about decoys. Do you mess with decoys at all? or I do some. Yeah. I do some, and a lot of it depends on where I'm hunting and what I'm actually 100% targeting. Um, for coyotes right here in Kentucky, in my part of Kentucky, I don't like the decoys as much just because when they lock into them, man, they're they're running in hard. Yeah. I mean, they it's hard to get them stopped for a good, positive shot. Yeah. What I like, I like to get them stopped out there at, at 40 to 100 yards and put a bullet in them yeah i don't want to shoot them running i want to post it up and shooting them you know if i was going to go out there with a shotgun and yeah. try to you know shotgun them as they come rolling in i'd, I'd run the decoy more because yeah. you know it, it really pays off for that 
if uh, when our bobcat season comes in and i've got some cats scouted out i really like a decoy for bobcats it, it gives them something to, to see when they actually come out to that sound that's the thing when it comes to a decoy no matter whether you want to run one or not you still have to call in that animal first yeah they have to hear the sound and come to that before they can ever see the decoy so your decoy is always secondary if yep. that makes sense yep. so but i do like them for cats you know cats use their ears and cows do too of course to initially come to the call but the second thing that the cat really focuses in on is his sight you know he's wanting to see something and when they see that decoy flicking around they, they're locked in on it they'll never even see you probably almost stand up on them uh so that's when i do run a decoy most of the time is if i'm specifically targeting cats and there are some other areas i like running a, a decoy a little bit better like some of these western states where they start circling on you pretty hard right. um, early for try to get wind some like you, sometimes it seems like if you give them a visual it'll it'll shallow up that circle to make them come on you know angle more towards to the call so those are the situations where i think a decoy really shines yeah very good man john tell us to wrap this thing up with your craziest story uh if you've got one i'm gonna i'm gonna I know I mentioned, uh, you know, your best story, and it's hard to top seven coming in, uh, and that may or may not be your best ever, but we're going to call that your best as far as today. That's pretty good. But what about the crazy? What about the craziest thing? I mean, have you had any one of those that just was wild stuff? I mean, as far as an, an encounter with a coyote, maybe a hunt, or just anything in particular like that? Sticks I've got uh, – it will all be hunts. It will all be from a coyote stand, and um, – Man, it's hard for me to choose, really. I mean, because I got some pretty, pretty cool standout stands yeah. that, that pop out in my mind. I mean, I've been part of a, a couple different bobcat coyote triples. There's really? been two different occasions where we've caught in multiple coyotes and a bobcat at the same time on stand. And dude, that that, oh. that stuff's pretty, you know, that standout stuff right there. Oh, that did happen a couple times. There's yeah. Did have a recent deal where we caught in a caught in some coyotes and I'd shot one and actually had a bad shot and a coyote run off and was able to call it back up. So it, it depends on if you want to hear about a bobcat coyote triple or if you want to hear about a recent crazy experience that just happened about a month ago. Yeah, let's let's coyotes. let's hear them both, man. Go go ahead and let's them both <laughs> if you got time for both of them. That'd be good. I want to hear man, about the triple. I got time. I got, I'll tell you three. And I'll try to condense them down. There you the go. The first one is going to be a coyote bobcat triple. All right. This was in Kansas. I was calling with my really good friend, Jeff Ryder, who is a Fox Pro field staffer. He's actually one of the original Fox Pro staffers, one of the best coyote callers in the world. If you yeah. don't know Jeff Ryder, look him up. Decoy doggers on YouTube, millions and millions and millions and millions of views. Mm. Uh, most people that decoy dog today don't know it, but you were, you were, you know about decoy dog in front because of Jeff Ryder, either directly or indirectly. You just don't yeah. know it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Anyway, on a hunt with him, we set up running the X24. I got Jeff on the camera. Jeff's running the camera for me. We started in with KG Cocktail. It's a really good bobcat spot. First thing that comes rolling in is a great big old white fluffy coyote. Mm. Of course, when a coyote comes in on a bobcat stand, we're shooting it, right? I'm yeah. sure you're doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. We knocked the coyote down. It was just a, like a minute less than a minute because we turned the sound on it was like just panning around with the camera before we got completely around with the pan of the camera the coyote was there mm. shot him knocked him down look over at jeff said man that was quick we just gonna stick right with the rabbit kept pouring it to the cagey cottontail to it probably wasn't even less than a minute and a half later i catch moving again i was like jeff i think another coyote's coming no 
it's a bobcat mm. and i'm talking about a big one like i think we weighed is like 31 pound bobcat oh, my it comes strolling right up and comes up within steps of the x24 like we shoot it right there and it's like two long steps from the x24 the bobcat slander so now we got a bobcat and a coyote laying on the ground look over at jeff like we ain't even three minutes into the stand yet we'll just stick right with cagey cottontail yeah. sure enough right out of my corner of my left eye here comes another coyote rushing in. Get it shot and kill. We now got two coyotes laying on the ground and a 31-pound bobcat. And the crazy thing was we decided to just switch through a couple different pup distresses and stuff like that. And we was excited. You know, we was yeah. woo-hooing and high-fiving and all that. And I think I had, like, coyote pup screams running on the Fox Pro. And here come another daggone coyote running in. And we almost killed a, three coyotes and a bobcat on the same stand, but we was so tore up and celebrating over our, our bobcat yeah. double or triple you know double coyotes and, the, and then the bobcat that, that we let that third coyote get away but that was one of the most oh, memorable wow. stands i've yeah. ever been on and yeah. it was and then we actually returned and did the same exact thing last year mm-hmm. uh, probably just about five miles down the road from where that happened filmed another bobcat uh coyote triple the uh, first first animal that we called up was a bobcat on this trip, and it was another thirty plus pound bobcat. Wow! It comes emerging out of the thicket. It was like, ah, bobcat, bobcat, right here, right here. Get the camera on it. Jeff's watching it. I've got the gun on it. And all of a sudden, Jeff says, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, we got a coyote coming." And I come and look, and there's a hurt kept Sure enough, two hundred yards out, there's this coyote loping to us. Jeff says, "Shoot this bobcat real quick, and we'll stick yeah. at this coyote." Shot the bobcat, knocked him down. The coyote runs off. We switched sounds. I think we actually switched over to uh, MFK's Pound Town. And, uh, dude, that coyote circled into the thicket and actually come out right where the bobcat was laying there dead. Actually jumped over the bobcat, oh ran right out in front of us, and I shot it on the run, rolled it up. We switched into another fight. I think it was MFK Fight Challenge. And had another coyote come rolling in from where we initially saw the first coyote. It come walk. Oh. It came up here like a hundred yards or something like that. We shot it and got it killed. So that's that's our second bobcat coyote triple. And dude, those you have stands like that, they stick out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, mean, those are the unforgettable days, man. Where you you talk about for a long time. Now, are those John? Are those those hunts uh, up and available now? Is that where, oh, where can yeah, folks see can, those? The last one I just mentioned, you can find that on Fox Pro Inc.'s YouTube channel. Just get on there and look at last year's videos. You'll see it You'll, in the thumbnail. Yeah. There's two coyotes laying on the ground and then a big old bobcat laying in my arms. Yeah. You can't miss it. And then if you want to watch the uh, uh, the first one, it's actually when I work for a company called Wired Outdoors. You go to Wired Outdoors uh, TV on YouTube and look at their most popular videos. Number one yeah. is that, uh, that first bobcat uh, uh, coyote triple. You can't miss it. That's wild. And then tell us about your most recent. You said you'd had the. Yeah, I had a. The, it's actually, I got a shot that I'm not very proud of in this, <laughs> but, but uh, hunting just right here down the road, just about 10 minutes down the road here from the house. Got a got a local farmer, a good friend of mine. He's a beef, beef producer, and he was telling me that he had uh, been seeing a coyote out in his pasture field. So I, mm-hmm. of course, run down there the following morning right after sunrise, and, and I think I started off with Mrs. McCottail. They didn't play maybe two or three minutes to look up. Here comes two coyotes charging in. Yeah. Kind of just like coming in like your textbook type type hunt. Yeah. Uh, I stop them after I, I mute the call, give them a growl from my mouth, and they stop after about 70 yards or something like that. 
And as I'm shooting that lead coyote, which is a female, when I start to pull the trigger, the coyote advances more to the call, but I'm too far into squeezing that trigger. I'm sure everybody's been there. It's like, yeah. you know that you're going to miss, but it's too late to pull out of it yeah, type thing. Right. And I shoot, I'm trying to like tilt the gun down to follow the coyotes, make sure I hit it. And what happens is, is I shoot left and I actually clip its right shoulder. I see a tuft of hair fly out, yep. but I knew I missed. I said, oh man, I missed that coyote. And uh, it wheels around and runs up the hill. And the second coyote, its partner, is is in pursuit. It's following it. Well, I'm bumping through presets and finally hit a sound that makes that second coyote stop. Mm. It stops up around the hill. I send one out there and drill it, you know, drop it. Yeah. Well, this is early in the stand, so I said, well, I'll just keep hitting a few more. I'll go into some fights and stuff like that in case there's a family group of coyotes in there. Maybe I can call another one up. You know, and there's another one out there somewhere. So probably a minute or two of a, of a fight runs through, you know, the, I got that X-24 cranking, you know, I'm trying to call in something from far off. Yeah. And sure enough, next field over, actually on another property, I see a coyote going from right to left. All right. And, but he's kind of angling back my way. I said, you know what? I think a coyote's going to come. Hmm. And uh, so I turn the camera, get everything ready. I said, if it's going to come, it's going to come out uh, the left cor- bottom corner of this field. Sure enough, just seconds later, Coyote comes into the field. Well, I notice this. There's a lot of red on this coyote, which we get into a lot of color, yeah. color coyotes here. We get these reddish, uh, reddish looking coyotes, almost like colored like a red fox. We yep. get black coyotes. No, so I, I didn't think much about it. I said, "Oh man, it's a red coyote." It's down there huffing and a barking and a squalling at the X24 playing a fight. I said, "Man, what a show!" Yeah. And I filmed it for several seconds. I said, "I'm going to shoot it." Shot it, killed it. Grab my camera up, going out there and doing a recovery. And I go up to the first coyote I shot. I was like, man, if I'd have hit that first coyote to come in the field, we'd have a triple laying on the ground. Mm. So, you know, grab mm. that coyote, drag it down there to the second one. When I get to the second coyote, it wouldn't have been a triple. It was still just been a double. <laughs> that is the first coyote that I shot, that bullet. Oh, no. It's a coyote that I missed. I'd yeah. actually clipped it, hit it right in the shoulder. On the, You know, it's facing me. So I hit it right on the point of the shoulder and it goes inside the coyote and it immediately comes back out like two inches back mm. in its shoulder mm. and then zips down its side i think there's one spot it actually you could actually see meat and just like a little sliver of one of its rib bones yeah. and then it actually hit its hip and come out the back side of its hip so that red i was seeing was a streak of blood from its shoulder to its tail I so i shot a coyote wounded it it runs off i kill its partner it runs off and then is so fired up with the fight that I play, even though it's been shot, it comes running back in for seconds. Yeah, and I tell wow. you what, it's the only time I've ever seen it. It's the only time I'd ever heard it yeah. happen. And it, it's it's another one of those stands that I'll never forget. Oh yeah, man. So what were I'm the... not too I'm not too I'm not too proud of that first shot. Well, I'm not gonna act like I am, but you know, I got redemption. That's so. right. A little redemption never hurt anybody. That's good stuff, man. So what were the sounds that that, that coyote you said it was popping off just was it vocalizing at that fight? What, what, what was those sounds yeah, it was I making? Think, I think how I got that first coyote stopped, I think I'd hit uh, Pup Distress number three from Fox Pro, and he started slowing up, and I just hit another preset, and I think the next preset was, was Pup Screams, and yeah. it made that coyote stop, and I got it killed. So I, and I noticed the one, you know, the first one was just gone. It was it was leaving, you know. So I said, well, I'm going to play some fights. And I think I'd actually played MFK's Table Scraps, which is a food fight, a coyote food fight. I played that for 
maybe a minute, and I went right into Poundtown, which is, you know, another like sub-adult type coyote fight. There's several coyotes in a lot of squalling, yeah. distressing, and growls. Well, that's what that coyote came back to. And what it when it came back into the field, you see coyotes sometimes when they come to fights and pup distresses, or sometimes uh, um, coyote howls this time of year when they come, they'll actually be huffing. You'll see their cheeks kind of blow out a little bit, and you'll just be doing a you know type sound and then that's what this coyote did and then it barked a little bit some of that little chattery challengey bark mm -hmm. you hear them make sometimes yep. that's the type of sounds this coyote was making down there mm -hmm. and it this is the coyote it had been shot had a bullet go right down its side it was bleeding like crazy and i don't know it's just one of those wild experiences man catch and release and then finally popping it yeah. good man that's pretty wild that's pretty wild i've never i don't know i've ever heard Second chance. Yeah, I don't know. That. I really want to do that again. You know, I'd like to kill them. The yeah. version. <laughs> you yeah, know what I right. mean? But right. it is something neat. It's a cool story, I think. It's the first time I've ever seen it. I've actually caught every bit of that on, on video. We'll be releasing that here before too long. We're actually making part of uh, one of our fur taker shows. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very good, man. That'd be one to watch for sure. And, and uh, again, just another testimony of those sounds, you know, I mean, for you to call up a uh, a coyote that's been shot and wounded, you know, and, and come right yep. back in and check it out. That that speaks a lot to the yeah, uh, yeah. calls and the sounds produced. So good stuff, man. Well, hey, listen, you mentioned the, the, the Fur Taker Show. Tell us about where folks can find you guys, find Fox Pro, find you on Instagram. Give us all the lowdown on how folks can yeah. follow you and, and Fox Pro. Yep, you know, gofoxpro.com is a website if you're looking for, for you know, uh, excellent number one predator call in the world and then plus it's american made unit made in the usa in lewistown pennsylvania if, if that means anything to you go foxpro.com is where you can find our products you can find us on fox pro inc on facebook uh, at fox pro underscore inc on instagram and tiktok and i'm john underscore collins three on instagram and, and tiktok so, and you know, when I mentioned TikTok, we ain't dancing all that stuff. You want to oh, come on, like Kyle, and Bob, Cat, running <laughs> yeah, stuff true. like that. But yeah. uh, that's where you find us at uh, Fox Pro Inc. on YouTube. You can find us on Carbon TV. You know, there's lots of avenues you can watch all of our all of our videos. If y'all head over to the social pages right now, you'll see a a big thirty pound plus bobcat here in Kentucky stalking X twenty four. It's uh, been viewed like a hundred hundred thousand times on or. Uh, Oh, a million times on Instagram. So go check that out. I think I, I saw that. On it anyway. I think yeah. I saw that the other day. That's the one coming out left to right, just slipping oh, out. Yeah. To, oh my gosh, yeah. that thing's a tank, man. That was wild. That's yeah, that's yeah, good that's stuff. Just, that's just right up the road from you. That's a Kentucky Kentucky cat right there. So yeah, that's cool. So yeah, we got. Uh, I mean, you know, that's what we do. We live for it, man. Yeah. Calling coyotes, fox, and bobcats. And that's what we're all about. Like I said earlier. You know, we like we like sharing you sharing those experiences with you guys, and plus, we want to teach you all. We want to make sure you guys are being successful in the field as well. So, you all ever have any questions, don't hesitate to holler at us. Yeah, man, good stuff. John, tell us about the podcast because you're the host of that as well, right? Yeah, it's kind of one of those things that kind of got thrown into. I mean, I listen to podcasts, and I've always been on a ton of podcasts. But I never, I never ever consider myself wanting to be somebody that hosted one. I right. mean, the last thing in my mind, and when. Uh, they had the idea who's, you know, that we was going to put one together and they was trying to figure out who's going to host it. And, you know, everybody got busy doing this and that. And they're like, John, this is your baby. It's you. Run with it. <laughs> and, you know, the rest of it's history. And it's actually, you know, I, I'm not very familiar with, with charts for, for podcasts and stuff like that. But I do know that on the chartable 
uh, chart that, that follows uh, Apple Podcasts in the wilderness category, we're very consistent in the top 10. I think right now we're number 14, and we have been as high as number three. Nice. Just right under Bear Grease and Steve Rinella's Meat Eater. Yeah, man. And, you know, so that's, that's, I think that's pretty wild for it being a predator podcast. You know, every once in a while, I'll talk a little bit about deer, but maybe one episode a year, yeah. maybe two or three episodes a year on, on turkey, and then the rest of it's 100% predator. Yeah, man. And I think that's pretty wild for that type of podcast to be ranked pretty high. And yeah. with that podcast, it's called the Fox Pro Podcast. You can find it on, all your major podcast platforms, and it's very educational. I mean, we want it to entertain you, but our main goal is education because, like I said, we want you to be success, successful in the field. We love seeing everybody having a look out there. So that's, yeah, what, it's, that's what it is, entertainment and education Absolutely. for Predator Good stuff. You guys are doing just that. Hey, will we see you at the NWTF show next month? Y'all going to be there? Yes, sir. Be here all week. All right, dude. I look forward to catching up with you there. It's always good to see you, and appreciate your time today. John, God bless you, man. Appreciate all you do. No problem. Thanks for having me on. See you, buddy. All right, guys, that's going to wrap this one up. Once again, a big thanks to John. Really appreciate his time. The dude is a wealth of information when it comes to predator hunting, so be sure to check him out on social media. Also, follow Fox Pro. Visit their website. Check out some of these sounds we mentioned today. I'm telling you, between the Fox Pro sounds and the recorded sounds from MFK, it is super, super strong. I mean, just as real as it gets, it's a real deal, and so – Check out those sounds from those guys. Also visit their YouTube channels. Really good stuff. And then again, go back and check out our YouTube channel, Hunting Roots. You can see the coyote hunt we got in on the other day. I want to encourage you also to be sure to check out Onyx Hunt. When it comes to coyote hunting, man, we are always knocking on doors, visiting the locals, and Onyx is a great tool to help you achieve just that. Find out where you need to be. Find out how you need to access properties. Onyx will get you there. So make sure you got it loaded into your phone. Also, be sure to visit with us at huntingroots.com on the social media channels again. Hey, last word before we go, I want to encourage you to remember the scripture, the verse from the Bible that says, be alert, stay vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is roaming around looking for someone to devour. He's the ultimate predator. We talk about these predators coming to the call, charging to the call, and I'm going to tell you, Satan would love nothing more than to charge into your life and destroy you, your family, your career. So be watchful. Watch for those attacks. Stay sharp. Stay focused. Keep your eyes on where they need to be. Good stuff this week. Hey, listen, be sure to leave us a rating, write us a review, send us some photos. We want to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you right back here next week. Shoot straight. God bless.